Women's health is so important and balanced hormones are key for that. We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1R the girls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1R the girls for 15% off today. We all need a little extra health booth sometimes, and Fleur Marche makes it easy for us to supercharge our wellness. Their botanical wellness patches have been such a fun addition to our routine. We just stick them on wherever we want. They have them for sleep, relaxation, focus, and other things. And the patch delivers ingredients to your body in a subtle but effective way, and the results last up to 12 hours. Fleur Marche also has botanical gummies and their new organic nutritional powder, Green Machine. They only use the best ingredients and are tested for potency, contaminants, and heavy metals before and after production. And one of our favorite things, we also love that the company is founded and inspired by women with the mission of helping us feel 100% every single day so that we can have full energy and crush it every day. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with promo code for the girls at checkout. Orders over $50 also get free shipping. Go to fleurmarche, F-L-E-U-R-M-A-R-C-H-E.com. Use code for the girls for 20% off your first order. Welcome back, everyone, to For the Girls. We are here at our first IndyCar race, and we are so excited to be interviewing the one and only Jamie Chadwick. All of our followers constantly ask about you, so I think this is a long time coming. We're really excited. You are a big hit on the podcast. Okay, I hope I don't disappoint then, yeah. So, brief background for those of you who are not lucky enough to know about Jamie already. So, Jamie got her start in motorsport at quite a young age, first through karting, and then in 2015 became the first female to win the British GT Championship, and then in 2017 made the switch to British Formula 3. Most recently, you dominated the W Series. We'll jump into that a little bit. And then, if that as if that wasn't enough, now you're racing for Andretti Global now, right? Andretti Global. Uh, it was part of their Indy Next series, and then of course you were also a Williams d- driver, Academy driver since 2019. We're so happy to have you. Thank you, Jamie, for talking with us. You have had your foot in so many different arenas of motorsport, but we want to rewind a bit. Tell us, how did you get into motorsport in the first place? What made you want to become a racing driver of all things? <laughs> I, uh, it's a good question because it really probably wasn't what I would have thought that I wanted to be when I was younger. Um, I grew up not from a racing background, but I always had sort of some sort of motorsport or kind of um, racing around me. I grew up on the Isle of Man, which is a small island in between England and Ireland, like a very small island, but there's a big motorsport history there. So I think a little bit subconsciously growing up, I was kind of surrounded by it. Um, I never had any interest in doing anything um, in motorsport. I never really thought, you know, that's something I wanted to have a go at, but my older brother did. And so he kind of dragged the family to go go go-karting. And then it was after maybe a year or so of him doing it, that I was like, actually, I want to give that a go. And then as soon as I gave it a go, it was kind of like, wow, actually, I really want to do this. But it was very much a hobby, not something I thought would be a career. It was just something I did for fun. And 
kind of escalated quite quickly from there. Wow. That's Look amazing. How far it's taken you. <laughs> was there like a moment that you realized, okay, I can actually do this from hobby to my actual career? Um, maybe, I would, I would say it was like a specific moment, but there were like a few little times in, I guess, my upbringing where I realized that if I wanted to keep doing it, I was just going to have to sort of specialize in it yeah. or take it a lot more, um, put a lot more commitment and time into it. And I think those moments were the ones where I was like, okay, actually, this is becoming, it became a no-brainer in my head to kind of be like, no, no, I want to keep doing racing. Yeah. And so in my head, I was like, actually, no, I really do want to pursue this. And I was a little bit lost when I was younger in terms of, um, I stayed at school till I was 18 and I never really knew what I wanted to do. And I've always felt like racing was this kind of like, almost like backup option, like, oh, I want to be a racing driver, but obviously that's probably not going to work out. So, um, so I'm lucky it kind of did, because I honestly had no idea other than that really what I wanted to do. Well, it probably helped that you were good at it, too. Yeah. <laughs> did it take much convincing of your family? I know your brother kind of had a, his foot in it, too, but... Um, not really, actually. I was really lucky. My parents are really supportive of whatever I think we chose to do, um, you know. Traditionally, um, you know, both my parents didn't go to university, so they weren't necessarily like you have to follow this pathway in your life, whatever you want to do. As long as you put, you know, all your energy and time into it. I remember having a few conversations with them where maybe I wasn't taking it as seriously as I should have been, and um, they were like, "If you want to do this, you're going to have to <laughs> level up." But that said, they were still supportive, and they still, you know, whatever I think my brother and I wanted to do, they would have kind of helped and supported. That's so nice. So let's jump in a little bit to your time at the W Series. Of course, we gassed you up. You won three times in a row. Uh, you also got a bunch of different um, accolades there, like most podiums, most points, etc. What was it like just off the bat jumping in and just being so successful and, yeah, dominating the whole thing? I don't really know because the whole, all three years of it felt so different to me. Okay. Um, and honestly, the whole experience I now still look back at with such fond memories because it was such a new, exciting thing. Um, when it first came about, I wasn't sure about it. And I said this in another podcast, but I openly say it again. When I first heard about W Series, I was like, that's a terrible idea. And then... It took some convincing, and to be honest, the only convincing that it took for me was the fact I didn't have another option. The great thing about W Series, it was fully funded, it gave this opportunity that we wouldn't have had without it. And so for me, it was like, oh, well, I don't really have any other options, to be honest. And actually, it wasn't until it kicked off that I was so shocked by kind of how big it became. Obviously, I was lucky enough to have success in it, which helped with that. Yeah. And then from the first year to second year, going on to the Formula One package, and then the third year going outside of Europe. It was so crazy how it grew so much. Um, and then just being a part of that kind of whole journey of it was, was really cool. It was so fun to follow for us. We were obviously sad about the news at the end of last year, but it was such a blast to follow you, to follow the whole series. But it must have been crazy for you to kind of, I mean, you've been in a lot of different series, some male dominated, some all female. What is the difference there like? It must be very different and kind of an adjustment. It is a little bit. I mean, ultimately, um, W Series, I, the way they sort of went about the racing, I quite liked. So we were all kind of in one team. It wasn't like you had really individual teams. We shared everything, data, everything was shared. We all had kind of one area where we would um, yeah, have downtime, everything. So it's like you're one massive, it's like you're a massive team in a team sport, but then you're competing against each other. Whereas in all the other mixed competition you have, you have your teammates and there's maybe, so in Andretti, there's four of us and then you're very, very separate to the other teams. And so it's a very, very different dynamic in that yeah. sense. Um, 
and with that as well we would swap engineers each weekend we would swap cars each oh, weekend okay, um, so cars. all of this kind of stuff that made the dynamic although the actual racing against women didn't feel any different just the whole experience wow. of w series i found very different which had so many benefits because i feel like i learned a huge amount there's also differences now i've come back into uh, well, Indie Next, it's like, oh, well, this is a different um, approach. But still, it was really cool to be able to kind of go through that and experience. It's like a family. So what was the most exciting thing that drew you to Indie Next? What, what was the draw there? Um, a few things. I think with W Series, I was always kind of trying to see how I can progress mm -hmm. and what the next step would be. Um, and that kind of um, next step wasn't that obvious or that clear or that easy to find. Um, and so in the last year of W Series that I did, um, this opportunity came about to come and test in Indy Next with Andretti. And I'd always followed IndyCar, followed Indy Next. Indy Next, the grid and things were a lot smaller back then, so it wasn't quite as um, easy to, to follow. But still, I was always had an eye on it, and I thought that would be quite cool if I could have the opportunity over there. And after I tested the car and met the team, I was like, cool, this is what, what I wanted to do. And then the stars really aligned with DHL as well and how it all kind of came about. So um, yeah, I was interested and then I did the test and I was more interested and then now I'm obviously competing over here. It's yeah, something else. I'm so glad that yeah, I have this chance. What's the adjustment been like for the racing part? People say Indy is such incredible racing. We're excited to see it for the first time in person. What was that adjustment like, you know, at the wheel? Um, definitely a big adjustment. Um, I think one thing for me was um, the racing over here. The tracks are very different. We have ovals, we have street tracks. The cars are a lot bigger, more powerful. Physically, I've had to adjust a lot. Um, this weekend, everyone's talking about it. it's going to be the most physical weekend, but Definitely from the start of the year to now, I feel like I've bulked up, I've got a lot stronger, which has come with a bit of time, so that's been tough. And then the racing as well, it's like they push 100% every lap and we have sort of nearly an hour of long races. So um, coming from W Series, which was 30 minutes and there was always a bit of management, sort of conserving in, in the race, this is, yeah, a lot more intense. So I feel like I'm learning so much. And as the season's gone on, I felt really out of my depth at the beginning of the year to now feeling pretty comfortable and confident to go out there and mix it. I think that's, well, I'm quite encouraged by the fact that I've adapted and, and learned so much. You've had some of your best results recently, which is super exciting. Yeah, it's kind of coming slowly but surely. Um, yeah, at the beginning of the year, it was definitely a baptism of fire. And like I said, I struggled physically. I felt like everything was so new, the tracks, the cars, everything. We didn't get a huge amount of testing pre-season. And then so now to, to finally sort of see the results start to come and yeah, just the level of competitiveness get better um, as race, the races have gone on, I'm, I'm really happy about. I'm curious, um, when you made the switch to Indy, like you said, it's a lot more physical. Did your training have to change at all? Yeah. <laughs> that was a leading question. Because, um, I mean, I went out last year to a track in Florida, a small track, um, and the tires, this is really boring, very specific racing track, but the tires were different last year, and they're ultimately lower grip last okay. year. So. When I tested the car, I was like, wow, this will be hard, but it's not as hard as I thought it would be. Like, I can do this, this will be fine. And then I got to the first test of the year, and I was like, wow, this is different. This is a lot heavier. This is a lot more physical. And I was really struggling, and it was because we've obviously changed tires, the tracks that now we're going to. For example, this track, they've fully resurfaced. Wow. So it's making it harder and more grip. So there's a few things that caught me out at the beginning of the year. Um, and then off the back of that, Sort of going back to the drawing board back home with training that kind of changed quite a lot i used to do a huge amount of cardio a bit less strength work and now it's kind of 
swapped around. Um, so yeah, it's changed quite a lot. And tell us about the Andretti team. What has it been like for you? What are some of the special? It's been awesome. Um, it's really cool. I think obviously racing for a big team in America um, has so many different um, things that are special about it. But ultimately, I just I love the atmosphere and the vibe over here, and especially in the team. Um, the feeling I got from the beginning is it's a very arm round your shoulder culture. You have a bad day, they'll lift you up. You have a good day, they celebrate with you. And I think that kind of culture is something that I've really needed. I think I could have been in a much worse place if they didn't have that kind of environment. Um, so it's, it's been great. And obviously having Michael at, at the yeah. top of the team is incredibly inspiring. Um, he's the kind of guy who's seen it, done it, and sort of been so a part of it in so many different roles within the team. So the amount of times he sort of peered his head into the cockpit to sort of suggest things and um, help make meaningful change has is, is been so great to have uh, someone like that doing. And has it been a different experience being their only female driver? Um, honestly, no. Perfect. Um, yeah, no, no, <laughs> not at all. Because I think where Andretti are quite unique is they've had Danica, they've had Simona de Silvestro, they've had so many female mm -hmm. drivers within the team. It doesn't feel weird yeah. for them. And actually, that's where they've been so on top of adapting the car for me, especially. Mm -hmm. So, for example, the steering wheel, when I got in, I was like, I'm not quite so happy with the steering wheel moulds because they didn't really fit my hands. And so they're like, cool, yeah, we can make those adjusted for you. And they did so many things that I've never experienced in any other team that I've been in. So um, yeah, it's really cool. That's so great to hear. Um, so talk a little bit about your time at Williams. How has that program helped your development? How has it pushed you to become a better driver? It's really helped. I mean, I think the cool thing with being a part of a Formula One team is as a young driver, you don't really get much access yeah. to a Formula One team. So this has given me that access and that touch point with the team, at, well, uh, the sport at the highest level. So the amount I'm able to learn from them, learn from well, the engineers, the drivers, um, the team principal, etc. It's been um, huge. So very lucky to kind of have that support network um, and the fact that they're still supporting me whilst I'm, I'm over sort of embarking on this journey over here as well. <laughs> That's great. We love to hear that. And we're at the season closer. What are you looking forward to? Your time off? And do you have anything fun planned? <laughs> Honestly, I'm a bit sad it's the end yeah. of the year because it feels like it's gone so quick. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to kind of continue. I feel like now the momentum's coming, I'd like to continue it into the next few months. But at the same time, it's been a busy year and I've been traveling back and forth to the US and the UK. So a little bit of time yeah. uh, back at home will be nice, a little bit of downtime. I feel like there's friends and family that I've not seen in a very long time. So um, that'll be nice. And then reset and ready to go, hopefully, for next year. Yeah. Nice. OK, so to wrap up, the things that we always do, one, we always ask for advice. So a lot of our listeners either want to get their foot in the door as drivers or just get involved in motorsport in general since you have such great experience what advice would you give to them i don't know if this is good advice but what i always say is especially young women looking at the sport now the time has never been better there are mm -hmm. so many opportunities and so many amazing initiatives and amazing people involved um, that the timing is so great so if you even have the tiniest bit of interest just make it a little bit more and see just explore it because the doors will open i think Previously, I think if you had a bit of interest but you didn't know where to go or how to start, then it wasn't so easy. So I think research, there's so many new things that you know people can get involved with. So definitely the opportunities there. Um, and then, like I said, if you've got an interest, don't be put off by anything. Um, I think I was so lucky that I had my older brother was the reason that I got into it. Yeah, that must have been nice. It was because I don't think I would have done it if he wasn't there. And I think if he wasn't there in the early stages, I would have been intimidated by being you know, the only girl and it's quite an intense environment. But actually, 
once I got into it, it wasn't like that at all. So um, don't be put off. If you're interested, do it, do it for the reasons you love it. And uh, it's an amazing sport. So um, yeah, I'd encourage anyone to get involved. That's not bad advice. That's, That's great fantastic advice. advice. <laughs> it's very long-winded. Like. No, not at all. Is your brother super excited for you? He is. I mean, he obviously used to race and he's yeah. not raced the last few years. Um, but it's cool because in the family, um, as much as I love my parents, um, they've never raced or been involved. So it's nice to have someone in the family that does kind of still um, yeah, understand it. <laughs> We have a fun segment to wrap up with, but before we do that, we obviously see the racing Jamie, you know, in the public eye. What what do people not know about you? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I feel like, I oh, maybe I'm not what you see, what you get. I, I am quite, um, I like downtime. I like quite chilled, wholesome. I was saying yesterday, like a wine and a cheese board is like kind of my, the best way to my heart. Um, <laughs> Red, white, or rosé? Red, red, all the way. Um, so that's kind of like my downtime. But then I guess at the track, it, like, what you see is what you get. I don't, I don't try and sort of try and be something different from the track to, to home. But um, yeah, I like downtime. I like, like time away from the track for sure. Okay, Tiggy, why don't you start with our signature hot take segment? Okay, so we do when we do interviews, we like to do sort of fun, rapid fire. We call them hot take questions, and so they'll be easy. Okay. <laughs> You'll know the answer. You will. Yeah, you will know the answer. Okay. So, first one: favorite indie race or circuit? Oh, I feel like it could be this one, okay. um, but at the moment, it's Road America. Okay. How about favorite non-US or indie circuit? Ah, uh, I like. Silverstone for obvious reasons, but aside from that, the Nürburgring Nordschleife, which is like a ridiculously long track, so it's cheats the question, but. Very cool, okay, because we're in America, we're American, do you have a favorite American city? City, oh, um, I really enjoyed San Francisco the other All right, day. All right, my um, hometown. So I could go with your hometown. <laughs> um, I also quite enjoy Chicago, there's quite a few like, quite nice bars and pubs. There's a lot actually, like a lot of different places that I like, but I do like cities, so. Um, Nashville, Nashville. Nashville, yes. so sorry, I don't know why that took me so long to get there. And uh, actually, uh, this is just everywhere I've been in the US, but Austin, Nashville and Austin are the two that I've been, yeah. had the most fun in. Those yeah. are all very different cultures, but I think they all represent good sides of America, which is great. Follow-up question to that, as you know, British, a, a British person, how do you feel about American culture? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I love American culture. We were, have my, had my parents over and they've yeah. not been to America for a long time and we're still having this conversation. I love how open and friendly everyone is. Yeah. There's a lot I really love about the American culture. There's a few things that have taken some getting used to. The tipping culture, I've made a few waiters yes. very angry by forgetting the tipping culture. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the food, it's taken time to get used to, but there are some really good food places here. Okay. So I take back a few of the comments I've made earlier this year about the food being terrible. Um, we actually had two questions for you about the food. So favorite American food so far? Uh, favorite, I think in terms of like fast food or just general Like life. if you had to land at the airport and eat anything. Oh, I do like Chick-fil-A. Okay. Or like, oh no, but that's like, if I'm landing at the airport and I'm being healthy, then I wouldn't have Chick-fil-A. I'd have something. <laughs> A little bit better, but like my cheat meal is either Chick Fil A or Chip Chipotle. They're those two. Are I like, love Chipotle. Yeah, I do like Chipotle. Yeah. What about the strangest American food combo? Um, biscuits and gravy. I don't get it. Which is funny because I um, have gravy. Like we love gravy in the UK, but the gravy is very different. It's a bit lumpy. It's lumpy here. Yeah, because they add a lot of stuff. The biscuits are a little. They're like scones that we have, but a little bit too. Yeah, too much for me. That's fair. 
Okay, favorite non-motorsport sport to both watch and then to play separately? Uh, this is hard because I love sport yeah. just generally, but I think golf is kind of becoming okay. the highest one in that one. Nice. I don't know anything about To golf. play and to watch? Yeah, it's a typical racing driver cliche of like, we all got into golf <laughs> at some point. Um, but yeah, golf, tennis, cycling, there's loads of sports that I could easily just watch. Have you been keeping up with the US Open at all? Uh, yes, I have. I watched Coco Goff play last That's night. That's so exciting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, this is another thing I love about the US. I love the fact that at like, all the bars and restaurants, you have sports on. <laughs> Except for never enough F1 on TV. I know, I know. <laughs> F1 and IndyCar they need to, to work on. But still, it's nice that you can just go and sit and watch. Yeah, it's great. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. This has been fantastic. We've loved chatting with you. We're going to be cheering you on this weekend the whole way and throughout the rest of next season and beyond. So we're your biggest fans and so are all of our listeners. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.